1: Here on Inside Black and Gold. And I, again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I do apologize because I am a liar. Because two weeks ago when the Saints blew the game to the Bucs, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop talking about the chances to make the playoffs. It's over, right? Well, I, at that point, I didn't expect the Bucs to to cooperate quite as amicably as they have. But, I mean, the only reason there's a chance to make for the Saints to make the playoffs is because the Bucs, don't deserve to be in the playoffs and they're playing like a team that doesn't want to be there except for that three minute stretch against the saints in that one game. You know, they've lost three or four games and the only game they won was a the game they trailed by 13 with less than five minutes to go. So like that's the team that you have to try to catch. That's the team that you have to hope loses a couple games on the stretch. Okay, fine. You know, we can talk about it again. And yeah. So the interesting thing to me is if you go on, you know, these projection prediction websites, They'll say like two percent chance to make the playoffs. I think ESPN has it a little better like four or five percent for the Saints. But it is kind of crazy to me how low that number is, considering how simple the path is to get there. And like the only reason I can I can imagine that it's so low is because no one expects the Saints to win their final three games, considering they haven't won back
2: to back games all year. And okay, you know that's fair. Yeah, to me, to me, it's like it's not that. The odds, I guess, being that low are surprising, but when you think about the fact that, yeah, this team still has to win back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back games. Yeah, it's tough when you haven't won two games in a row all year, and then all of a sudden you... They still need help after that, too. They can't even just win out.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you do win out, you're, I think your odds are good. Like, that's the thing, is the stuff yeah, but- that you need help with is not significant. And we can go through it right now. So saints finished the season. They go out to Cleveland this week in the freezing cold. Then they go up to Philadelphia in the freezing cold. And then they come back home and face the Panthers. Right. Right. On its face. Sure. You know, that's tough except I believe it was reported today that Jalen hurts has a, has a, he has a shoulder injury. Um, there's been some, some disputed reports about a, a collarbone injury either way. You're talking about an Eagles team that by week 17 will probably have clinched the top seed in the NFC because the Cowboys aren't really that close. The Vikings are two games behind with a head-to-head loss. So if the Eagles win this week, then they're pretty much clinched. So do you rush Jalen Hurts back out there? Do you try to rest him a little bit extra, even with the bye week? I don't know. The Saints did it and, and it was then were successful, right? So it's. It's going to be a question. And at the same time, even if you do play your starters, if there's anyone with even a hint of an injury, right? Like at this point in the season, so many people are playing through stuff. If you have a guy who's like going to have to gut it out, he's not playing. Right. So in that sense, it's going to mean a hell of a lot more to the Saints than it will to the Eagles. And, you know, maybe that's the difference in that game. Right. CJ Gardner Johnson won't be there to hype everybody up. You know, I think earlier in the season, I said, like, you know, maybe there's a chance the Saints get out there and the Eagles are so far away from everybody else that they lay a dud. But there was no way that CJ was going to let that happen. CJ's not going to play. CJ's out for the year, or at least he's on injured reserve. I don't know if maybe they bring him back before the playoffs. But so, you know, I think that's that's helpful for the Saints in terms of like, yeah, this Eagles team may just go out there and lay a dud and the Saints can take advantage. Um, so I don't think that that that's... They're going to be heavy favorites, or the Saints are going to be heavy underdogs. But I don't think it's go- it's that crazy of an idea to think they could go out there and win that game.
2: The one thing I do think that Philadelphia still has something to play for in the game, just because they own the Saints' first round pick, and they could further damage, you know, the their the, the help help their draft stock now while knocking the Saints down a peg. And I mean. I don't think that's going to be their sole intent goal going into it, but it's still in the back of their head. Like beating them helps them come the NFL draft at least. Players don't give a shit about that. No, but the team—I mean, the team does obviously. Yeah, but the players don't
1: care, and the coaches don't care. Like, if yeah, sure, the front I think office the coaches care. No, no NFL coach who is focused on winning a Super Bowl gives any type of a care over a oh, weekend beat them. And, we'll, you know, we're going to we're going to do things that could be detrimental to us winning a Super Bowl this year to try to twist the knife on a team because, oh, we might get one slot better in the draft. If the Eagles are thinking about that right now, if anyone on, on the Eagles coaching staff or, or roster is thinking about that in week 17 of a season where they're the top seed in the playoffs and have to expect that they should be winning a Super Bowl. They should be fired right now, <laughs> like because they're, they're like that. That that cannot be what they're focused on, right? So, like in theory, sure, there's something to play for. But in reality, if you have a question, if you're considering sitting somebody down because of health concerns, because of oh, okay, they have an injury where oh maybe they will make it a little worse if they play, and we don't have to deal with that at all, you know. And you're not making that decision differently because oh it's the Saints and we have their pit. Because at the end of the day, it's like it it might not even change the spot, right? Like it's not going to change that much. It could could potentially
2: give them like a top five pick almost. No. No, they're they're not getting a top five pick. If the season ended today, they'd have the ninth pick. Okay. So, I mean, that that, that definitely, okay, falls out of top
1: ten. Yeah, yeah, you're you're talking about the difference between picking like 12th and picking like
2: 10th maybe. Like it's not going to change that much. Yeah, and I'm not saying like the Eagles would risk the health of Jalen Hurts over the draft pick, but I'm sure at the end of the day, he's a guy that wants to play anyway. It's not like he has that on his mind about the Saints. I mean, the yeah, the trade between the teams that now would help get his team a better draft pick, but I think Hertz wants to play kind of thing, especially I if mean, he's going after MVP. I mean,
1: maybe, but my point is like the, that That will not be a factor for the players on the field or the coaching staff.
2: It won't. See, I think the coaches would kind of be like, well, we, we get this game. It helps improve us come draft day they're getting the pick either way, right? Like it's not,
1: it's not going to, it's not going to factor into their decision-making and it shouldn't. Yeah. Like that's just, that's a fan driven idea that the, that the actual team on the field gives a about where they pick in the draft in terms of how it's determined on the Saints side of things. They want to win the game because they don't want to lose a game. Like they're not going to go out there and tank, but the, the, the point is like, they don't have much to play for. And they're not going to be like you know the Saints. When you say the Saints have something to play for, it's like yeah, they're playing for their lives. They're playing for the season, so they're going to go out there and have motivation. No one on the Eagles is like, well, this game doesn't really matter. But oh man, we can pick tenth instead of eleventh.
2: Oh, well, we I'm going gonna,
1: gonna to run harder. I'm going to go. I'm going to give that extra ten percent that I don't have to. Like that's we'll not see, how but we works. got a whole
2: nother week to get to that.
1: Yeah, right. And it's not even like really a, a question right now, unless you beat the Browns. Right. So, but but it's like I'm just saying like. It's not unreasonable to think that if you can get past the Browns, you can beat the Eagles, and then if you can beat the Eagles, you're on a three-game winning streak, and you come home and you beat the Panthers, right? Like so. That all that said, that's what the Saints have to do, and I don't think it's crazy. I don't think there's you know two percent is 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 the reasonable number, but whatever. And then on the Bucks side, the Bucks, a team that has lost three or four games and has been terrible, had a 17-3 lead on the Bengals and completely just just pissed it away. They go out to Arizona this week. It's hard to see a scenario where the Cardinals with, I don't know, Trace McSorley, right? Like, I don't know if Colt McCoy is going to play. He's dealing with an injury. Kyler Murray's out for the season. So that's tough. It's a tough sell to, for me to say, oh yeah, the, the Cardinals are going to up, yeah, beat the Bucks," but they are at home. You know, crazy things have happened. Maybe Trace McSorley has the game of his life. Maybe the Bucks just continue to suck. You need James Connor, the Terminator. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's possible, right? And so, if the Saints go out and beat the Browns and the Bucs go out and lose to the Cardinals, all of a sudden you're like, man, this is very possible, right?
2: That 2% chance has to balloon to at least like 12 or 15, right? To, to me, the problem, though, is it just gets weaker. From Arizona, then you got, you know, Carolina, then you got Atlanta. What are you talking about? I know it's divisional matchups and all, but but still, I mean...
1: you The Panthers and the Falcons have better records than the Cardinals. The Panthers have already beaten the Saints, or the Falcons once. Why would that be? Why would you give the Bucks an advantage in that? And and over who? The Panthers. When the, they played the, earlier this season, the Bucs couldn't even score.
2: The Panthers beat them twenty-one to three. Yeah, but that's when you had it. It was a totally different offense that that than for Carolina. Yeah, they could have scored six in one. <laughs> that's my point.
1: Is how, that defense is still the horse there?
2: Right there. I don't know.
1: I mean, I'm just saying, like, why would you say that, that they, the Panthers don't have a chance in that game is my point. Like, again, I, I get it. Like, the Bucs should be better than they are. But we're still talking about the Bucs, this shitty team, right? So,
2: like, why can't they lose to the Panthers? To me, I just, I just think of Carolina going to Tampa and it's like, yeah, good luck with that. I guess. But, like, the Bucs can't no, beat anybody. Nothing about
1: Carolina scares me, though. Fine. Again, my point is, like, there's no reason to think that the Panthers can't beat this Bucks team this team that just lost 35-7 to to the 49ers, this team that lost to the Browns, <laughs> you know, this team that just I, – I, I don't know what else to say. Like, this is not a good football team. So whatever no, I mean, you have they've that. Beaten the
2: Saint, they've beaten the, the Seahawks. They've beaten the Rams just like the Saints have. And the Saints also lost to the Panthers.
1: Right. So I'm just saying, like, like there's no reason to think, like, this Bucks team is suddenly going to start being a good football team. So, like, fine. I get it. You need good things to happen for you if you're the Saints and you're just not used to that happening. And why would you expect good things after all the shit that's happened this year? But the Bucs could very much lose to the Panthers. And then in week 18, they have to go up to Atlanta and play a Falcons team that, sure, they probably will be out of it by then. But they will be going all out because they'll want to finish the season on a positive note with a rookie quarterback. Right? Like, you're not going to be tanking with a rookie quarterback in there because you don't want to just kill his confidence. So there's going to be no, I I hope Ritter looks better against the bucks than he did against us. I mean, he probably will, right. He'll be in his fourth start at that point. Right. So, I mean, that's, you kind of, you get better as you go. Um, And so, yeah, maybe they do do something, but at the same time, I would much rather have it already kind of in the bag and just need a win in week 18 to get that to happen. So yeah, you're going to be rooting hard for the Cardinals this week. So you need two Um, Tampa losses, right? Yeah, you need them to lose two of these three games and you need to win all three years. That's why
2: we're at 2%.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but again, it's not crazy. Like, it's not like, like 2% to me is typically going to be like, oh, you can win out and you still need like three other teams to lose three games of their last five. For example, like the Saints technically could win the final wildcard spot, but they would need each of the Lions, the Seahawks, and Washington to lose either two or three of their final three games. It's like, that's not going to happen, right? That's a almost 0% chance. One team that sucked, continuing to suck, why not? But either way, you know, I think it will be funny. It kind of reminds me of the last time a team got into the playoffs with a losing record when Washington snuck in. I think there was seven and nine because it was still a 16-game season. And I remember because the Giants were watching a Sunday night football game. I can't remember. I think it was the Eagles... And Washington. And so the Giants were sitting there rooting for one of their biggest rivals to beat their other rival so that they could get in the playoffs instead of that team. And the Eagles had a lead in that game and looked like they had a chance to win it, and then they just tanked the second half of the game. Yep. And, the, and Washington got in. Uh, that was Doug Peterson's last game as the Eagles' head coach. Yeah. And it's like, I, I do wonder if there was an edict sent down from the front office staff saying like, no, don't win this game. Right. And then, and we'll keep you on
2: <laughs> they <get> fired. Anyway, <laughs> it sure felt like that. Like they totally were like, Oh, we're yeah. going to just give this away in the second half. Well, but like, that's an example of a team that,
1: is very aware of its draft pick, and like if they had one, they would have lost like three or four spots. When you're a bad team, you think about that kind of stuff because you don't have anything else to worry about. <laughs> when you're a good team, you don't think about that kind of stuff, and I think that's where that's where the Eagles going to be. But it will be really funny if this season ends up coming down to the Saints having to watch because I'm sure that Bucks game, Bucks Falcons game, will be the Sunday night game. It'll be funny if like the final game of the regular season oh, ends up sure. being. The Saints having to watch the Falcons and root for the Falcons to beat the Bucs so that they can get into the playoffs.
2: But just wait, the Falcons will also jump out to a lead, and then Tom Brady will dash that once again. Right,
1: right. Like it's it's like written in the stars. That it's exactly happen. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just trying to think. Like, what's the most painful way this season could possibly end? The Saints have to root for the Falcons which will already feel so gross. And then the Falcons are going to have like a 28 to 3 lead. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: <laughs> oh man, it's going to happen. Uh now I now I'm sure of it. Now it's like like there's a 2% chance for the Saints to get in, but now right, I'm like, right. I'm convinced that that is exactly what's going to happen. The Saints are going to or the Bucks are going to beat the Cardinals. The Saints are going to win out, the Bucks are going to lose to the Panthers, and then Tom Brady's going to come back from like three touchdowns down in the fourth quarter to beat the Falcons and ruin the Saints uh,
2: playoff hopes. It sounds like a very 2022 thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: And I think what what makes it so frustrating is like, yeah, you talk about 2%, whatever. If they just hadn't built that game, the Saints would be like in control of this division right now. Like they would be, it, they would have, right. That game is now a gut to, and nut punch. You'd be going out to Cleveland saying, if we win this game, you know, we're, we're probably going to clinch this division. We have a chance to clinch this division in Philadelphia. And instead it's like, man, maybe we can keep their hope or your hopes alive uh, because you lost that, lost that tiebreaker. And that's so frustrating. Like, for example, if the Bucks. Saints and Falcons all finish 8 and 9 which is very possible, right? Like if the Bucs lose one of three games yeah. and the Saints win out and the Falcons and the, and again that so it's actually this is how it could happen, right? Saints win out, like just just pretend that they do. Then the Bucs okay. win their next two games. They beat the Cardinals, they beat the the Panthers and the Falcons win their next two games. Then the Bucs have nothing to play for. They've already clinched the division and the Falcons beat them in week 18. All three teams are eight and nine bucks go through. There is a scenario though, where with Carolina, huh? Yeah. There's, there's a couple scenarios with Carolina um, because if they beat the bucks then they have the tiebreaker over them. So yeah, that, yeah. that's why the bucks. So the Panthers have the second best chance in terms <laughs> right. of like percentages. They have like a 23% chance because like, yeah. So if, if they just went out, if the Panthers went out, they, they win the division. Straight up. All they have to do is win out. So, that they're, like, they're the only team in the division other than the Bucs that actually can say they control their own destiny because they play the Bucs and they're a game behind them. So, and they play the Saints. So, yeah. if, if the Panthers win this week, I don't know who they're playing. Let me see. Detroit. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a tougher game than you would have thought. For Detroit sure. is 7 and 7. They're, play, they're as hot as anybody in the NFL right now. Um, but yeah, they're at home. Maybe the Panthers, if the Panthers win that game and then they beat the Bucs and then they beat the Saints. The
2: Panthers win the division eight eight and nine. Carolina, for some reason, just gives the Saints problems, too.
1: They have a good defense. Like It's always been a question of offense with them, and it's been a question of whether Matt Rule could be the head coach. But, I mean, they have a good defense. They have a good pass rush. They can get it done. Who's the head coach? Steve Wilkes. Oh, yeah. Who? I mean, he's been
2: a head coach before. Not a good one. (laughs) The problem is, obviously, they're back with Sam Darnold and – man sees ghosts, it's not going to go well there. And, you know, your other two quarterbacks are down with injuries right now. So I don't know what who's behind Sam Darnold even. The Panthers wouldn't surprisingly get rid of Burns. So that's, I mean, that was a testament to them sticking with defense first, I guess. I don't know.
1: I mean, and they still have a chance, right? Like,
2: again, the Panthers are right in the same boat as
1: the Saints. If they just hadn't missed an extra point, if DJ Moore hadn't taken his helmet off like a moron and if they had, or if they just hit an extra point, or if they had kicked the field goal in overtime instead of missing that, like they would be in control of the division. And just needing and all they would need is that win over the box and they would have it. Let's see. I'm trying to and figure they've out who got, it.
2: they've got the worst quarterback situation in the division.
1: Yeah, so I mean they don't really have let's see who they have on the practice squad. They have <laughs> Davis Cheek. Oh yeah. <laughs> A rookie out of Elon. Wow. Musk's favorite school. Yeah, so I imagine they'll elevate him from the practice squad if P.J. Walker can't be the backup. But, yeah, I mean, that, that is that is a good question because they got rid of Baker Mayfield. Um, Isn't that funny? Carolina's not even like, oh, let's bring Cam back again. The fact is the, Bucks final, or the Panthers' final three games, two of them are against teams they have already beaten this season. So
2: saying they don't have a chance is kind of crazy. No, I guess that's bad just looking at it as they have both on the road to close out made me, I guess, jump the gun on that for sure. But you're right. You're definitely right that I can't just discount Carolina, especially uh, we, we saw them beat up the Saints in Carolina that – what was that, week three? And they beat up the Bucks.
1: You know, I mean, then they have nothing to lose. <laughs> the coach isn't, like, worried about his job. He's not even a, a full-time head coach. He's the interim head coach. So, right, like, they're everybody like, just up they're playing with house money right now. Um, they could – and they would love nothing more than to just ruin everything
2: for everyone else in the division. So. We'll see. Maybe try and tempt Sean Payton even more to go to Carolina.
1: That? now that would be another. So we talk about the Falcons. What would be really frustrating, too, is the Saints win these next two games. They beat the Browns. They beat the Eagles. The Bucks lose two games. All <laughs> they have to do is beat the Panthers at home
2: to finish the season. In oh.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which would be, yes, another fitting ending to 2022.
1: Then, oh, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So here is the one that would really suck. Okay, and I'm just going through this now. The,
2: the worst Saints, of the worst
1: scenarios: the Saints, the Browns, they beat the Eagles. The Bucks beat the Cardinals, lose to the Panthers. All the Saints have to beat the Panthers to keep the pressure on the Bucks, and then
2: they can't do that, and then the Falcons beat the Bucks. <laughs> that puts Carolina as the one seed. The I mean NFC winner
1: seed. I believe it would. Yeah. I mean, depending on what happens with the Lions this week, it gets kind of confusing. There's there's a lot more scenarios that could play out. I'm just kind of focusing on the Saints. But one way or another, finishing 7-10 and or 8-9 and for the Saints, even if you miss the playoffs, would still be a win. And the reason I say that is what we talked about before. The Eagles are getting your first round pick. And the calculus you did in trading that pick was that you felt like the pick you're getting is going to be even or worse than than the pick you're giving up. Now, if you make the playoffs, then 19 is the 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 highest it could be for the Eagles, right? Because that's the first pick of the wild card loser with the worst record is 19. But even if you don't make the playoffs, you are then giving up a mid teens pick rather than a top 10 pick, which right now if the season ended today at five and nine, the Saints would be giving up the number nine overall pick, which, you know, the team, the other, the, the number eight team is Carolina. The number seven team is Atlanta. So, wow. like, you don't wanna, you don't wanna leapfrog them in the standings. You wanna finish higher than them because then the pick is two picks worse, right? But if you go down, I mean, the next one, two, three, four, five, the next five picks, right? So, number 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, all six and eight. And that doesn't include Tampa because they're technically the division leader right now. So they're at number 19. So like winning a couple games, you could end up giving them the 15 or the 16, right? Even if you end up seven and 10, because then the other, the next four teams, Seattle, New England, New York jets, Detroit, all seven and seven. So like if you end up after this season, giving the Eagles the number 16 pick, that means you effectively traded the 2023 number 16 for the 2022 number 19. And that's not the end of the world. You know, that's pretty much a fair trade because one of the reasons you did it was so that you could get a jump start on that first round pick, which even though Trevor Penning hasn't been that involved this year, he's gonna go into next season with a full off season of preparation, even if he got hurt at the end of the preseason. And then whatever whatever experience he has at the end of this season, which will jump start and he'll probably be your starting left tackle in year two. So to me, that's value there. And, but again, these players aren't going to care about that. That's a
2: front office thing. That is a fan
1: thing. These players just want to win football games.
2: No, I hear you. And I'm, I'm thinking about NFL draft stuff. And what came, comes to my mind, though, right away is the fact that they this team has to get And I'm not saying it's got to be their you know first round pick. Obviously, you feel like Sean Payne would have to be involved in that, getting a, a first rounder back for this team. But in order to get a young quarterback on this team for them to develop, Uh, I think that's pretty necessary, and I don't think there's any of the answers in the younger arms in the free agency market. To me, Andy Dalton is still my guy for next year, as crazy as that might sound to some folks. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, where else are you looking? Look at free agent quarterbacks. Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald, Jimmy Garoppolo, Teddy Bridgewater. Daniel Jones is come
2: back with Tom might come with Sean.
1: Yeah, right. We've talked about that. Case Key uh, no, saying
2: Daniel Jones is in the mix, huh? Well, I mean, he's an interesting
1: guy. If the Giants don't re sign him, I mean, I don't think this the he's he's a he's a great quarterback, but I think he can get you he can be a competitive quarterback and he's a much better athlete than people give him credit for. Um but yeah, I mean it's not a it's not a it's not a very attractive list. And I think the Giants are gonna bring him back. When when you go to the playoffs with a dude it's, it's not that hard because they're going to be able to re-sign him at like 12 to $15 million a year. And when you can do that, you can, you can use that money at other positions, which is really nice. Right.
2: You start selling everybody on the quote-unquote continuity factor. Well, continuity
1: and like, you know, one of the difficulties in the NFL is when you have a quarterback making $30, $35 million a year, then it becomes difficult to build a team around him. Whereas, you know, I, I, you can make the argument that you are better off with an average yeah. quarterback making average money and then but with an elite defense where you can you can pay to retain your your top players.
2: So I mean, I don't know. We'll right see. now they've still been able to do a decent job around Mahomes in Kansas City though. Well, yeah, but they're not as good as they were, right? Like they, no. they had to get rid of Tyree
1: Kill, and they, you know, like the defense ages out and then you can't really bring in young guys. Like look at Seattle. I mean, they had this incredible defense when on when Russell Wilson was on a rookie deal, but then
2: once you paid him, you know, maybe it came a lot harder. So, yeah for sure i mean that's that's the tough part about having one of your elite qbs look at poor poor aaron Rodgers is begging for any receiver help but all right i think we i think we went through that saints
1: have a chance two percent i think it's better than that if you actually like look, look at the math but whatever we'll see at the end of the day you're watching the saints crowns with it with some
2: hope which you know what sports is about right about hope no there's a lot of hope there and you get to see a quarterback that you were in hot pursuit of and now hopefully can put on his rear his game helping you out because it wasn't too long ago a lot of Saints fans were all aboard with the Sean Watson train I don't want to be on that train (laughs) no I don't either let's wrap up that segment and we'll come back and we'll do a quick quick closeout segment
1: on a few of the guys that stood out to me on film and uh, we're going to name a Saints MVP for the season so far Uh, stick around